today, every company across the globe is a media company, whether they like it or not. And, and that's because regardless of what industry you're in or what product you're selling, you know, content needs to flow through your organization. The marketing team needs it. Sure. But so does sales and partnerships and product and operations and everybody in between. And so because of how prevalent content is through a business, you need an engine to really drive how content flows through, how you get feedback, how you distribute assets, how you collect them. And we call that a creative operations system. Your favorite DTC podcast is back, folks. As always, Robert here driving the fun bus with my partner in crime, Ash Mawani. Ash, how are you? Good, my man. How are we doing? Oh, fantastic. You beat me on the Whale Wednesday. I have some Pink Panther gear on and you are swagged up. Um, I oh, need no. to get the other man with the plan some swag. Shane from Air Inc. Shane, welcome to the show. How are we doing? I, how much do I have to pay for some whale swag? That's a real question. Oh, oh we, it's an absolute oversight <laughs> on our part that it is not in your guys' hands. I have such a little brand crush on you guys. You, you have some, some really fun stuff going on over there. Where does this podcast find you today? I am in Red Hook in Brooklyn, New York. Um, oh, beautiful. Living out here. It's not, not as hot as Austin, I imagine. No. It's it's brutal right now. It's like 105. This is this is the don't come to Austin time, or come to Austin if you want to figure out if you want to live here because if you can get through it, um, it's beautiful for the rest of the month. But yeah, you're melting out here. It's, uh, it's there's hot. no actually, it's locals only for the summer, right? It's a bit of that. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's proper hot, man. It's we had uh, our uh, big DTC after dark event, um, and pretty much nobody was from hot states. Like California was the hottest state they're from, and um, Texas thermostats is just different. It just hits different. It's hot. It's proper hot. Um, speaking of proper hot, you have created a pretty compelling product that uh, I want to get more light on because it's incredible. It's helped alleviate a lot of different workflows. Um, but for people that don't know what Air does, kind of let us know. Give us the product pitch, elevator pitch, um, and then let's talk a little bit about uh, creative operations, SOPs, et cetera. Cool. Um, well, thanks for having me, guys. I, you know, started this this business about four and a half years ago with my co-founder, and we really started with a with a problem statement. It's really difficult to work with media in the cloud at scale. Um, you know, for any founders out there, I would never start a company again off of a problem statement because it's a pain in the ass to figure out who needs that solution. Uh, but you know, over the course of the last four and a half years, what we've come to understand is that. Today, every company across the globe is a media company, whether they like it or not. And, and that's because regardless of what industry you're in or what product you're selling, you know, content needs to flow through your organization. The marketing team needs it, sure, but so does sales and partnerships and product and operations and everybody in between. Um, and so because of how prevalent content is through a business, you need an engine to really drive how content flows through, how you get feedback, how you distribute assets, how you collect them. And we call that a creative operations system. Um, so the goal of our product, Air, is similar to what GitHub does for a developer. You know, Its goal is really to centralize the creative process so that you can do version control and get feedback and distribute assets uh, no matter what use case you're creating and distributing content for. So it's been fun. It's been a wild ride. We we launched our free product in March of last year. And, uh, you know, it's just been an exciting journey since. 
That's so trippy. The GitHub is a really interesting analogy that is making a lot more sense now. You are in that sense a little bit of that because you do have all that kind of what I found was really crazy is like you can almost really replace like frame IO. You can you can pretty much also pretty like everything in it, right? Like yeah. what are some cool use cases that you've seen before with your product that you didn't think of? Totally. It's been it's been amazing. So you know, 90% of our customers migrate from Google Sheets, email threads, Slack messages, and then they're using Google Drive, Dropbox, Box. Uh, We're the first piece of media infrastructure that they buy. You know, as soon as they acknowledge, like, we need an engine to really centralize this stuff. Then what happens is once they start using it, they cancel the Frame.io or they might be using Vimeo for something or Markup or whatever, you know, whatever tools that they're using. It all just starts to centralize on air. Um, What's also cool is we're what's called a a product-led SaaS company. So. You don't have to talk to you know Chad and Brad on the sales team in order to buy it. You can just sign up on the marketing site and get going. Um, and so what's amazing is you know the free product generates all these crazy use cases to your point that I would have never imagined. You know today we service large businesses like Google and NBC and like Duke Basketball uses our product. But then you know last week there was an oil refinery in Texas that started using our product. Uh, the week before. There was a stockyard for livestock in Chicago that was using our product. Uh, you know, we've had a, a drywall company in California, a driveway installation company in Denver. Uh, it's been it's crazy, you know. And, and what's also cool is it's global, right? We, you know, in Brazil, this travel agency is using our mobile app and our desktop app and our web app all to like record some of the tours that they give and then send them out to prospective people. So. Again, we believe every company is a media company and that that just gets proven out, you know, as you look at the usage patterns in the product today. That's an interesting thesis. I dig this. <laughs> Ash, why, why aren't you guys on air yet? What's going on here? <laughs> I think you almost sold me already. Um, uh, right? Yeah, no, I mean, Ash right is, now, Ash I mean, in the dark days. Right? Yeah, Ash is lost <laughs> right now. Yeah, no, it's um, we we definitely are right now. We're using Dropbox, and like even that thing is a mess. Um, it's like I think I've spent weeks trying to clean it up, and then it's like all right, we have a process in place. All this media that comes in, it's gonna go into this folder, and then two weeks later, it's like all right, we can't find shit. So now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's I crazy. Mean, Look, I <laughs> I wish my first ten minutes of any customer call is this exact same conversation where you're sitting there and you're trying to figure out how to optimize the next campaign for a thousand dollars, but not, you're not even thinking about the $20,000 you spent on the shoot last year to create all these assets that you could just create variants of and spit out because they're lost in some giant thing that you don't even know if you have rights for or who created it, or if the guy that shot it even still works for you. So, you know, I I think that's, that's the power of of what we're trying to do, you know, is allow you to make those real time decisions with your content. I was just thinking this because like when we have our like creative meetings every Monday, right? Like, Hey, here's the content that, or here's the ads that we're going to make for this week. Um, Oh, by the way, we had new content come in from our agency. Um, make sure we're utilizing it, right? We obviously paid for it. Let's utilize it. Um, and like, I feel like I find the team using the same images over and over again. And it's like, didn't we just get new stuff? Like, have we used everything? Like, that is my question. Like, have we used everything? Like, that's the whole point, right? We're yeah. supposed to test everything. Yeah. Are we really testing everything? And then the other part of it is, because, and I think this is where maybe some of the features of Air would make like total sense here is 
we have so many products, right? And then different flavors within certain products, right? So like I saw you guys have like a, a smart search, right? Or a small smart filter or something like that, where if I can search yep. for like, hey, I'm looking for fruity cereal content, being able to just pull all of that together, that's huge because, all right, maybe this week we've got to push it a little bit more, right? Instead of like, yep. all right, let me go through the entire folder. Let me pick out the ones that are just fruity cereal and then like send it to the team. So, I mean- that's and that's like the, the qualitative stuff right there is what you remember. You remember like it was this orange looking thing yep. with like a red box, and we did it like between January and June, and, of like three years ago. And you can you know really triangulate in air through the mess of your chaos, you know, with simple search just like that. Uh, so it's been it's been cool, man. And I look, I nerd out and get excited because I imagine where this could go. Right, you know, at yeah. some point. We're going to connect with Facebook's ad API and be able to pull in all that performance data so that you can, you know, you can literally look at what's performing in the same product as your creative team is creating variants and versions and you're giving them feedback. All of that can happen in one streamlined conversation. And that's, that's the power we want to unlock at air as we, you know, just keep stepping towards the vision. Smart. I, I see so many value vectors for me. Um, it goes almost just to the, the cheap ass that I am kind of to Ash's point of like, I remember working for a client and they had spent like 10 or $15,000 on a shoot. And then they sent me all the Dropbox links and they're all dead. You're just like, (laughs) and then you like, go, good luck finding the creator. Like they're like hard. They're like Jason Bourne. You know what I mean? Like once the fucking invoice is paid, you're never hearing from that person (laughs) ever again. And so like, you just spent all this money on these assets and then, also to Ash's point, like even if the assets are together, you kind of, you know, path of least resistance sometimes where it's just like, I know where these photos are. I can yep. throw some, you know, yep. things on them. And just that's why you keep seeing those photos is because they're easy <laughs> to get to. I don't remember. Exactly. Exactly. Everybody in your seat has has that story. You know, I, I used to be the chief digital officer of a television network called Revolt TV in L.A. And we partnered with Diddy and launched this music network. And we spent... $50,000 to get this shoot done. And like to try to get that man to go to a shoot and get stuff done, you know, like, I don't know, it happens once every six months. And I kid you not, the kid who was a PA put the hard drive in his book bag, lost the book bag. Like that's, that's still like, you know, like, so the next week, you know, he pulled off whatever his selects were and we were fine. But the next week we wanted to go back to all the source material it's gone, you know, I mean, and yeah. no one's connecting the dots on the budget to the content because it, you know, you, you, you see 10 pictures on your computer and you don't think, Oh my God, these pictures are worth $50,000 insert here number. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's part of the, the, you know, the challenge as we move to digital and like this stuff just gets quick and, you know, we're shooting stuff back and forth on our phones. Like shit just gets lost and prevent, you know, it's, it's all over the place at this point. You guys have a That's mobile right. app as well? Yeah, yeah, iOS and Android. Ash, we're in it, dude. Wow. Don't, you know, hit the app I've store. I've been sleeping. I've Ready been... to go for you. To be fair, the I didn't Dodo, know. I love uh, the Dodo uses our product. Uh, it's a media company in New York uh, focused on animals. They use our product to coordinate with all their different influencers. So they'll send out a board on air and people can drop in content directly from their phone and it'll go all the way into the library and they can start the workflow that way. All right. I promise this wasn't supposed to turn into a product pitch, but that's really <laughs> fucking compelling, actually. <laughs> that's sold. actually really interesting. We just did the DTC after dark. We do have an airboard for that, but 
um, the influencer stuff is really interesting because, uh, yeah, that's really interesting, actually. I mean, it's huge right text now. Out, we were just talking about it. Form. Yeah, just literally just you, you grab that share link. There's a way to create a view that's just the form. And then you text it to people on their mobile app. They don't even have to have the app. They just see, oh, this is like a pretty landing site. It has some directions and what to upload. I upload it right into huh. there. And then it goes straight in the library. So it works great for events also. Maybe we just get get on the real tip with uh, the Josh Durham and put in our automated. Once you sign the influencer, Ash, and just yeah. put your stuff up. No, I, that's the way I'm thinking about it, man. My ties on the beach. Huh. Yep. I mean, think about that's it, man. I mean, two weeks ago, right? I, I put out that tweet, like, looking for UGC creators. And we had, like, almost yep. 200 responded, sent out 100 packages this week. Like, now organizing all that is probably mm-hmm. going to be the worst part of it um yep. i mean to your point right it's like setting up a whole thing where like hey shoot them off a, a link to just drop it here and then just organize it that way totally it should be that easy right like, it's 2022 like yeah. <laughs> we're all we all operate like media companies in our personal lives we got instagrams we're tweeting we're snapping we're making tiktoks like why shouldn't it be that easy for our work. And, yeah. you know, that, that's, that's the premise here. Well, so walk, walk me through this, right? I have I'm about a hundred creators about to drop some content in the next week or so. Right. And I want to say organized. How can air help me? Go to air.inc, sign up. All you gotta do is create a password. That's all we ask you for. You're going to create a, what's called a board. So a board on air is like, when you start a project, I don't know if you use Trello, you make a card, or if you use Notion, you make a page. On Air, you make a board. So you create this board, and a board can have many different view types. A board could be a table, a board could be a Kanban, a board could be a gallery, a board could be a form. And so in your case, you just create a board as a form, and you would give some, you could call it like influencer event or you know campaign, whatever you want to call it. Uh, give it some directions. You could say, hey, you know, everybody please upload some content directly into here. Here's the specifications. Here's what we're looking for. And then do you just tweet it out, text it out, email it out, whatever you want to do. And no one has to have the product. They just get a link. It's clear what the directions are. They upload directly into there. If you want, they can see the content that they're uploading. If you don't want, they don't have to be able to see it after they upload it or they can't see anybody else's. Uh, If you want, you can also enforce them to tag it. So if you want them to give like expiration dates and like handover rights, they can do all of that directly in the form and that's it. Then it's all automatically tagged from the uploader as it flows into your library. Wow. Huh. Already got the ideas going, man. Imagine a hundred people uploading videos, have them tagged by like flavor, by like time, product, um, stuff like that. Yeah. Totally. Product. And you can mandate it. You can mandate it so that when you upload, you also have to tag. So if you're like, I want these people to tag which person is in, what person is in this, or, you know, if they're approved as far as like our usage, whatever, whatever qualifications you have, those are all things we call custom fields. And people can, you can enforce that people do that when they upload before they submit it. Damn. All right. So got me. That got me. Um, (laughs) Where's the name come from, Shane? You know, the big, the big theory was uh, a couple things. I used to work in, in private equity, and so we were investing in a lot of, of yeah, I was a you know, huge tool hanging out in a suit. Uh, <laughs> and, 
And we used to invest in a lot of like media companies. There's a big thing to be like on air. Yep. Uh, so that was, that was part of it. And like, you know, or again, our original thesis is it's hard to work with media and a cloud at scale. A lot of that was media companies. Um, but then as we figured out that every company is a media company, you know, there's this whole notion of like the cloud and being able to work in the cloud and say, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's a bit of, a bit of those two things. I think it, it, it obviously hurts us with SEO, but the minute I talk to a CMO and I say like, we're air, it's just air.inc. You know, they're like, holy shit. That's like, you know, you're really, you really think this can be something you know, you're big ambitions for this brand. If you think you're going to be able to survive past the, you know, the ability to be unsearchable. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I do think at some point we'll get there. I'm super long in the business. So anyway, that's the, that's the name. I wouldn't recommend a three letter common word you know, to businesses <laughs> Not great. unless they want to go through some misery. Not great. But, and, but, and a weird TLD, but, but hey, to each their own. Living, living yeah. on air, baby. <laughs> um, how big are you guys now? 60 people. Holy shit. Um, yeah, wow. <laughs> it's, it's been crazy, man. We were eight uh, before the pandemic. And then uh, we raised our Series A in uh, September of 2020. Congrats. Uh, from Tiger Global and Slack Ventures. And then, I mean, last year the market was crazy. So we just raised, we sort of invented and coined this thing called an operator round. So we raised from about 100 CMOs and creative directors. Uh, we raised about 10 million bucks uh, last, uh, I guess it closed in January. Um, and so it's been, it's been a wild ride. Again, we launched our free product March of last year. And uh, this is the first year we've started really invest and go to market. So we spent more on ads in January than we did all of last year. <laughs> we made more money in Q1 than we did all of last year. So, you know, it's been, it's been an exciting, you know, exciting time for the business. And that uh, we doubled ARR in the last six months. Wow. Um, so we're just trying to keep, keep the foot on the gas, man. Um, it's obviously wild times in the market right now. So uh, you know, it's not just all about growth now for us. It's we're trying to figure out growth efficiency yep. and, uh, you know, that's the stuff that you guys know better than I do. Yeah, definitely. in that same boat as well of, uh, not that we're at like a growth at all costs kind of mentality, but there was definitely a very supercharged growth atmosphere, right? The last six to eight months. And I think now people are kind of going back to like profitable growth or like, how can I expand, oh. but not, you know, just light hundred dollar barrels on fire. Like what, what can I, like what, what's the fastest, not like, I guess not necessarily fastest, but what is the least amount of growth I have to give up for profitability? Like people are starting to balance yeah. that a little more versus like, let's just hockey stick. Like if it costs thousand dollar leads, oh. buy them. Two thousand dollar leads, yeah. buy them. Where now it's like, <laughs> oh, you know, we'll pay up to $500 yeah. for a lead kind of stuff where there's a little bit more uh, moderated partying. And there's, you know, there's tension there, right? Like the two yep. metrics, you know, at least in our category that we feel people are pushing are payback period and burn rate or burn multiple. So on the payback period, right? Like you're trying to get below 12, 12 months, yep. ideally, right? And, and that's assuming strong retention and, and a really great LTV that bolsters that. But, you know, trying to get your unit economics right in a economic downturn when it's getting more expensive because it's really hard to do qualification, you know, when iOS changes, you know, the ability to be able to track people, there's downstream effects, a company like ours trying to qualify and find a specific persona that gets harder. And so it gets more expensive, you know, so there's, there's, there's the unit economic side that's challenging where we're trying to build efficiency. And then on the other side, there's, 
you know, your, your, your burn multiple, which is how much money you make over how much money you spend in a given period. And, and for us, the difficult thing is we're at this like inflection of growth, but we're not like fully matured as a growth stage company. Right. And so you're still forward investing, but you're trying to do that efficiently, but you need to invest in order to get signal and risk, you know, so it's, it's, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a touchy road, but adapt and survive. I think Robo was the mentality you pitched earlier. Yeah. I think, I mean, honestly, I think that's the best just in general, even in the good times and the bad times, because in the good times you can kind of get a little crazy, but yeah, I, I think we're in a very unique place where SaaS companies have a little bit more grasp on their burn than other companies and or not grasp but like we can ratchet burn down a little bit faster than some other companies yeah. where it, like it hurts to kind of let go some people because they're they can be core to the business where there can be not not fluff and sass but there's very, usually faster ways to kind of churn down uh, a sass company and things oh. will still kind of keep going whereas like you know, Whole Foods lets go of 20% of their staff. Usually it's going to be like, or I guess Amazon now, but you get what's like Shopify just cut 10% of their people. Even if it's a thousand person company, that's, you know, it's a hundred people lose or a thousand people, 10,000 person, but thousand people losing their job. Like that's a decent amount of people. And even though it was like sales and recruiting and things like that, it still kind of hurts a little bit. So I don't know. I think that, yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm kind of of two minds of it. I do like the correction a lot, but obviously you don't want to see people, you know, losing their job and going through financial hardships. But that's kind of this, the, I don't know, the hard part of capitalism. There has to be winners sometimes. And, you know, you make bets and sometimes those bets don't pan out. So I don't know. I don't, what are you guys' macro thoughts? You think, where do you think this heads are like, how does it, like, what are the knock-on effects for, I guess, B2B SaaS and then D2C? I'm going to sound stupid. So I'm going to make Ash go first and I'll go after him. <laughs> um, I, I really, I honestly, like, I, I do feel like on the D2C end, um, and I don't know if like other brands are seeing this, but I feel like we feel the AOV is slightly dropping no matter mm. what we're trying to do in terms of like try to boost that up, right? Try and get people to buy a lot more on their first order. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people are, there's a lot of less discretionary spend nowadays. That's fair. Um, right? Gas prices, the market's, you know, in the shit right now. And, and I think people are just trying to save or just spend a little bit more efficiently. So I think to to combat that one, um, at least for health and wellness, I feel like we're not completely recession proof, but like mm-hmm. people are going to worry about their health, right? No matter what. Um, so the the biggest things that we're trying to do right now is at least like, you know, we we just got sample sticks, right? So running Ooh. promotions around there where one, you don't have to commit to the full price, but we just want to get product into somebody's hands, right? So for example, like I was right before this, I was building out a landing page where it's like, you know, you can try Avi, you get four sample sticks, four different flavors, get a free shaker cup, and then a $10 gift card for your next order, right? Um, all for $11.99. Okay, so right. instead of the full price of $45 for one canister, $12, you're getting a free gift, free gift card, four flavors. And then hopefully we can acquire one at a lower CAC than trying to sell like a full-fledged product and then to see if that the fact that like now they, they're getting a taste for more products than just the one they might find something that they actually love and then come back um so i mean one trying to maybe give something give more value up front so that people don't feel like they're they're investing too much into something um and then two, just trying to you know 
give the experience of like, all right, well, I'm getting so much out of this, right? It's like, oh, I'm getting shaker cup. Get that's like, all right, I can get a shaker cup for like 15 bucks here. This whole thing is 12 bucks. You know what I mean? So, I think that's what that's what we're seeing at least, and then hoping that it's also summertime, right? So supplements during the summertime, it's like people aren't really you know caring too much about weight loss too much they're like all right well i worked out the first half of this year i'm gonna go to the beach and i'm gonna look like i'm gonna look the way i look right that's how like how i feel so but then q4 comes around and that's holiday season right so gifting comes back and i feel like people are probably saving for for them too so that's how that's when i think about it yeah i mean I, i you know i think on my end I'm extremely bearish on the market right now. You know, I think Facebook just makes earnings today. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it, 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 I think, you know, my, my, my macro point here is that uh, cash management is becoming really, really important. And, you know, that, that comes down to like bolstering the balance sheet with whether we're, right now we're talking to venture debt providers yep. to make sure that we have like yep. some coverage just in case, you know, we're thinking about, should we open up a note for some of our existings who missed out and want to put in more money? Not because we think we need it. We, we just raised and knock on wood. Thank God we did. But, you know, you just don't know. You don't know if this is going to be six months or if this is going to be 18 months. And so making sure that you have a plan if it goes six or 12 or 18, I think it's really, really critical to get right right now. And you're making decisions right now with that at least in the forefront of your mind. So that's the, the first thing I'll say is like cash, you know, real cash inflow, outflow, sit in the cash flow statement and like think through it and think through your plan. Um, I think that the second thing is continuing to like invest in the things that like make your business whole in this period. So as an example, um, I just talked to a buddy who runs a, one of the executives at a company that sells salmon. Uh, they're based, based in the Northeast. They, they're air customers. So I'm going to yell that out, but they, you know, there's a flight to familiar in a recession. Yep. So salmon is one of the products that is actually going to do super well. So they're, they know their business well, they know how it's going to react to this economic climate. And they're really trying to just continue to invest in the channels that are working now, regardless of whether it's getting more expensive, because they know that the scale is going to be there for them. Similarly in SaaS, right? For us, we know that there's going to be a consolidation of tools because at the end of the day, right now in this climate, you're trying to cut down the number of tools you have and ideally save some money. So we think we can be a little bit bullish in this period, but it's still like a a give and take to your point, Rabo, right? We can spend, but then we can pull back. That's the beauty of a SaaS company, you know, that has that kind of model. Uh, if you're not, then I, you know, I think the, in Ash's point, people are going to need medicine yep. regardless of what the economic climate is. If you're not, then I think what you got to do is just really start thinking about owned and operated channels that you can invest in now for the long term. you know, and what's so cool about a downturn is it forces you to be unnecessarily practical. You gotta be scrappy. Right? Like I, you would never do some shit about the foundations of your business unless the world didn't give you an option. Yeah. And so I think that's that's the kind of thing that becomes really interesting uh, in this environment. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you guys both more. I think that's exactly it. Where um, you need to bolster your financials. Um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily like austerity measures, but, uh, it's your point, Shane, people are, are, are looking at like, why am I spending X on Y? 
Like, and then there's the, and that threshold is lowered a lot more, right? Like maybe you're looking at thousand dollar a month spends. Now you're like, well, let's take it down to 500. What are we spending 500 or more on? Like, let me look at what's going on out. Yeah. Like, where's this money going? And then, um, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Making sure like that, that balance sheet is really, um, tidy. But again, I think there is a bit of like, obviously, um, you know, dark times ahead, quote unquote, but there is a light in the sense of it shows you how to run a better business um, because you don't have totally. this cushion that you did. Um, so I think there's, there's some yeah. pros and cons to it, but yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be doom and gloom, but I do think like drop shippers and people that were on the margins in terms of arbitraging here and there are going to have a lot more tough times just because there's just knock on effects yeah. across the whole system. And to your guys's point as well, um, like, seasonality is kind of a dirty word, but it is what it is. Like there's definitely like, you have to look at your company's revenue curve, but you're going to have peaks and valleys. And sometimes most of the time, this is a valley for a lot of businesses. So it just feels like it's exacerbated even more because you have these macroeconomic headwinds on top of people are traveling, people are spending money in different places. And so I, I think there's just a lot going on, but net net, I think we come out of it. Okay. But yeah, it's definitely if you have some spicy, some spicy economics right now, it's going to be really challenging to to find growth. And the other thing, actually, I think Shaq just tweeted out or something. I think there also is a certain aspect of uh, more of a primal instinct of survival versus growth. Like if you're surviving right now, like you're actually going to be fine. But if you yeah. if you're trying yeah. to grow right now, it's going to be really ch- not like like not you can't grow, but like you're doing incredible if you can grow right now. Like if you can just keep, you know, your, your current run rate as is in terms of growth, you're going to be doing fantastic because you're negating all these other macro kind of factors. So I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting. I don't like definitely tons of haircuts. I mean, Shopify snap got decimated, like everything in the space ancillary to like DTC and e-commerce is, is definitely cooling off for sure. But I don't know. I, I I don't know. I, I just hope my my fear is that, and you're seeing it happen where people are like, "Oh, we shouldn't do that experimental brand yeah. campaign." You know, like no one's yeah. doing that right now. But I hope that doesn't mean that people stop investing yeah. in brand. You know, and and like my push would be to invest in brand more with your time than with your dollars, but to still do it, and because it matters and it matters so much. You know, people's attention yep. hasn't changed, yeah. you know, like you yep. still have to make it through the noise. You just can't shell out a quick buck to do it on. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's just more efficient than it is, uh, anything, right? Like just people are kind of, there's just a little yeah. bit of pearl clutching going on right now. I don't know. What do you think, Ash? Yeah. No, I, I think to your point, you know, like, invest, like you said, investing in brand, right? I think one thing to even consider whether this is you know, a part of brand or not, but like, even like just focusing on LTV, right? I mean, you're, you're for, for at least B2B, maybe a little bit different, but at least on our end, we're, we're doubling down on what we can do better in one, our, you know, Facebook community, um, what we're doing on email, subscription, things like that, where one, we already have this customer base that we've paid to acquire, right? Like there, there, there are some diehard fans in there that still are, going to you know they're on this journey right at least for health and wellness right people are on this journey they're going to stick on this journey right they've already allocated their a certain budget towards buying supplements or whatever it is so like cleaning up that process and still making sure that like you're not you're still 
coming out with like some fresh stuff, right? So for us, you know, so um, flavor expansions, right? Yeah. Um, even if we're doing like a minimum run, we're still, you know, growing in that sense and, and still innovating in that sense where we're doing these fun drops, right? So we have a, a flavor drop next week on Friday. Can't can't give too much info on it yet. Oh, no breaking news. Yet. Come on. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's one of those things where like from a, from a business operation standpoint, it's like, hey, if we need cash flow, like, all right, let's, we already approved this flavor months ago. Like, all right, can we get a minimum run right now? Fine, let's yep. do it. And then kind of, prop up uh revenue and cash flow through through there. So I think those those small things that we can small wins where we can kind of prop things up until things start to get better or until you hit, you know, the holiday season and things like that. Um, you know, focus on that. Like, you know, um growth doesn't need to be the the key focus right now um until the environment suits for it. I think it's also to that point about growth, Ash, it's also like qualifying that with where you're at in your life cycle as a business, right? So as an example, like for us, if we're growing at over 250% year over year, we'll be able to go out and get hopefully a 30, 40, maybe 45 times multiple on ARR in our category. But if we're sacrificing and we're only growing at 150% year over year, then that multiple is down to 20% or even below. And so, you know, I think like, it's all this equation yeah. that is a delicate dance for sure, but um, making sure that everybody across the organization understands how the math plays out. You know, if we cut the dollar here, if you don't do this, then we can't do that. Like yeah. that's that's the thing that I'm struggling with yeah. most right now is to like get everybody to see the whole game instead of just like their style yeah. of it. No, and, and to, to even like, at least on our side where if we cut back like investment on marketing, right? It doesn't just affect D2C, it affects everything else, right? The whole ecosystem, retail, vitamin shop, GNC, Amazon, every exactly. other channel that we're in that you don't see on a day-to-day basis. Like that is where I think we learned our lesson where like you can't drastically cut back just because like costs are like kind of inching up. Look at it on a month-to-month level. Make sure that, hey, like if you cut back spend, is, is vitamin shop placing another order with you, right? Or is GNC placing another order? Is Amazon like still, you know, performing? So don't look at it as just a single channel. I mean, if you if you are just online, then obviously that that is what it is. But look at everything else around you, right? So for you, like the example you said, like hey, you're you're thinking long term, right? Like if if you stop and you cut back, then long term you may not be able to raise more than you could have, right? So that totally. I feel like like you said, it's it's an equation that you kind of have to figure out, and the brands that are scrappy enough to do it. Um, I think we'll survive in the long run. Yeah. And I think it's in a weird way better for that because it's just going to produce better, more robust businesses versus people that are just shipping a product they've never seen before and throwing shitty branding on it. They got from Fiverr. Shout out Fiverr. I used to use them like way back in the day. And then they realized like a couple months ago, they're public, public company. It's crazy. Crushing it. Um, Shane, what are you most excited about? We've kind of hit the Debbie Downer stuff. What are you most excited about with the um, current, not only just like market, but what you're seeing in terms of, because it sounds like you have a real uh, pulse on people are trying to systemize more for that efficiency. And obviously error is one way to do that. But is there any other themes that you're seeing across clients that 
are really exciting you or that you think like, oh man, that's really smart. More people should do that. Hmm. Um, a lot of folks, oh, I guess two things, one that's like super specific and the other that's, that's sort, of, sort of more macro, uh, on the really specific side, uh, crowdsourcing hmm. creative, um, has been like something that a lot of our clients have done recently. We were just talking about that collection form of board. So it came to mind. Uh, so many of these partners we work with are sourcing campaigns, creative ideas, feedback, et cetera, from their communities that they've been building. Cause I feel like for the last few years, so many people have invested in community and like people are still finding out new and new ways to activate them. Um, and so I've been shocked to see how many brands in so many different categories are sourcing content, not from their agency partner, but just from mm-hmm. people who love their product. And then they're using that for collateral. There's this huge shift that I've been seeing with the partners that are using our product um, who are trying to fit into the mold of authenticity really is like the, the word of the time. Um, and so they're just taking it in from customers and putting it back out. So to Ash's point earlier about investing in your customer relationships right now can really provide some dividends there. Um, so that's, that's one on a super micro scale on a real macro scale. And this is like, I know it's obviously challenging. There's been 50 to 60,000 people who've lost their job in the last six months, um, specifically within the sectors we're talking about. But at the same time, there's a lot of great talent out there who now has the opportunity to find the perfect next step for themselves. And there's a lot of companies that are really struggling because they don't have X person or Y person with Z skill set. And I think that like somehow if those equations align, it's going to be really interesting for both those individuals as they look to further their own careers and for these businesses that move forward. And so, you know, as an example, you know, we are spending a lot of time in recruiting in this period because we can, because the pipeline is really strong and big and, you know, we can be patient. We're not like in a rush to just spend money to spend money. Um, and, you know, it's allowing us to really tighten our processes, improve our practices as a business and ideally great, get great talent that fits perfectly into what we're looking for. Um, so those are two things that I, I don't know, at the super high level and then really narrowly uh, focused on, on marketing that we've been saying. Yeah, no, I'm really into that. I think there's definitely something to be said about um, talent. And there's a bit of a correction of wages too. I think like the-, the Totally. Crazy. Shit was uh, insane, dude. Media buyers, Everybody was yeah. like, if you're not paying me $150,000, yeah. I'm not That's working with you. man. I was hiring people <laughs> up and I was throwing people some real numbers, like especially considering like age, context of career, all these things. Like, dude, I never was even close to making that when I was your age. Like I felt like a get off my lawn, old man. So I think there's going to be a lot of um, not only wage corrections, but um, there's going to be some cool companies that come out of these talented, talented things that will uh, there's going to be these talent aggregators that'll then build, um, kind of, we'll have another boon, boon cycle in terms of building, but I love that. That's fantastic. Um, let me see what else do I got for you. I think that's the big one. <laughs> what about you guys? What's, what's the latest over there at, uh, at triple Whale? would love to, love uh, to a lot of the same, man. We, we've been really conscientious of the burn, but at the same time, we want to make sure that we're still placing bets. Um, there's also this thesis that I have yeah. and it, it's, yeah, I guess 
the, the too long didn't read is there's uh, I call it the proximity to profits. So the closer you are to actually making the company money, like the less, um, for lack of a better word, like, you know, easy the, to easily to let you go type of thing. And so I think we've really yeah. honed in on like a really nice core team that is um, really able to push the, the needle forward. And so we have all our foundational teams in place now. And then our biggest spend now is just if we find amazing developers, right? I mean, just like you guys, like if you find amazing developer, you just yeah. like write their own check kind of stuff. Um, but in terms of the foundational teams, totally. there was an aspect of expansion and then a little bit of contraction because we kind of just grew way too fast, way too big. And that was a big credit to AJ and Max to kind of um, right the ship where we're still a speedboat and we were kind of building for a cruise ship. And so I think the biggest lesson that we learned, and luckily one, we raised that like perfect timing as well. And then the other thing that we've really learned and kind of our new philosophy is hire, don't hire until you feel pain. We were hiring to a future a lot. And so it just started to add on layers of complexity and like red tape and stuff. And pretty much everybody here is either like ex-entrepreneur or like super on the educational or not educational, executional versus strategic. Like we have people that are kind of both but almost everybody can really drive their own bus. So we, we really trying to act almost like a compound startup where everybody's kind of running their own little startup, but under one umbrella has been a really big, important kind of culture for us to cultivate where um, if you need to hire somebody or you need to buy yeah. a tool, we kind of like, why? Like if it's going to make you do it faster, better, <laughs> okay, how much? And we can talk about it. But yeah. like, if it's just because you don't want to do it or I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like we're trying to get out of that, like just, just get this or just get that where it's like, Hey, figure it out. Okay, cool. You do need a shovel to dig faster here. Let's go get you a forklift or something and stuff. So I think that was a big thing before. Yep. Cause we, I think people have aspirational um, views of their company, which is fantastic. But at the end of the day, like we could get to a whole bunch of money with really little headcount. And so there was no reason, especially outside of like dev yep. and uh, CX, like those are always going to be two headcount heavy places in the business because they're they kind of variably scale, right? Like the more people we have, no matter how good your CX guests, you you can only have you know so many clients per CX agent and so on and so forth. And then developers is going to be um, again going back to path or proximity to profits, developers almost a direct line to being able to push features out because we also believe in a little bit of product-led growth. So the more product velocity we have, the better the company yeah. does, et cetera, et cetera. So um, yeah, so that was kind of a whole meandering way of saying, uh, basically we got really tight on the wallet, but also um, very first principles of like, we have really clear silos of ownership. And so I think that for me, designed by committee or decision by committees, like the worst thing you can ever do. I don't think that input's bad, but I think like the king or queen needs to make the decision. Cause if not like one, there's no ownership and two, like yeah. there's just so much fuckery that arises from that. Whereas like you have everybody kind of congregate, everybody domain experts can put their two cents in, but at the end of the day, one or two people kind of own the decision and then you just kind of go from there. So that that's for me kind of been the big big changes here at the whale app where kind of yeah. going back to that small scrappy startup, even though we're super well-funded now, we have like over 5,000 merchants, but being able to kind of always be able to, you know, artist, real artist ship kind of stuff. Totally. Totally. Yeah. The, the managing of the mentality, you know, is sort of well the, 
it's Very so well. so challenging um and it, it ebbs and flows and startups especially you know every quarter is different um and uh and yeah i mean kudos to you guys uh you know we're similarly trying to figure out this new mentality and a new way of working and more people you have the more challenging it gets and yeah. you know it, it's so you know i I think we're constantly just trying to learn from from other folks like you guys about about how to do that. Amazing, I love it. Um, we are pushing up against it, so let's get to the weird question. Unless you have anything else, Ash. No, I think you guys. Uh, I mean, you guys are in that situation where you guys are. Um, you have gone through like the funding and things like that, where we're about to to raise our Series A. So we understand how important it is to like now. Okay, we need that kind of that that basket to kind of keep us going right um but yeah we'll we can chat more when we get there <laughs> yeah boy um okay so the weird question today will be um if you were handed over the uh aux cord so the auxiliary cord in the car um what song do you play and there's only one song, Frank Sinatra New York New York see Look you at later that. that was the fastest it. amazing i mean it's Frank, dude. It's Check. Frank. No questions asked. Done. Amazing. The whole you're going live from Madison Square Garden. You're playing the whole whole show end to end, and you got to get the little bits between where he pulls he pulls that Dave Matthews like I'm just gonna talk <laughs> through to the next song. That's Frank Madison Square Garden. Put it on tonight. Throw some Bucatini maybe on and call it call it an evening. Oh man, that was, the, that was the best, quickest answer to the weird question of the day, Shane. You, you get the award so I far. That's the that running up. champion. What do you What do you got for me, Ash? I'm handing you the aux cable. You got no 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 banger for me. Nothing. It's not not it's Frank. Not, it's not that. I can tell you that it's definitely it's not going to be Frank. But I feel like we're going to have to put on Frank after this. I know, right? Um, Maybe copyright stuff. Get it get it in there, though. <laughs> Editors, take note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I don't know. If you know me, I'm a big Drake fan, so I'm yeah. tossing on some of the some of the old these um show me a good time by drake that's just my my classic if you guys haven't heard how's it, the check new it out. album i heard it's a little i heard ash it, hates the new album ash hates the new album. it's a little sus right i gotta you gotta get me like a nice like vibe like i need to be on the beach somewhere and then turn that on and i'll be i'll be fine yeah, I we can't like, all afford to go to Mykonos anymore, so we can't <laughs> listen to the new album. It's yeah, just, exactly. That's what it is. No <laughs> one's on a beach this year. We're trying to save money. <laughs> just seeing the crypto tears while while you're listening to Drake. Yeah, it ain't great anymore. Um, amazing. I don't know where I'd go. Maybe maybe a little Tom Petty. Maybe a little little OG. Maybe some Foo Fighters. Maybe maybe some Rage Against the Machine. Ooh. Just just go crazy with it. Ooh, just get all wow. jacked up and be be going. Wow. Get the crowd going. Let everybody know. I like um, it. Fantastic three answers. Different genres. Yeah, fantastic answers. Um, Shane, where can people find you? How can people follow you? How can they get more involved in air? This time is yours, my friend. Uh, check us out, www.air.inc. Uh, my email is shane at air.inc. If you have any questions, shoot me an email. I respond quickly. You know, I'm not a big guy on, on the Twitter sphere, I don't really do that. Uh, you know, occasionally there's a LinkedIn post, but I'm around. Uh, I would love to help. <laughs> Amazing. Ash, let the people know. Yes, sir. Um, if you are looking for advice on paid media, I'm on MentorPath, so hit me up there. Um, if you are looking for some collagen in your life, check out a vitamin shop nearby. We will be there. And if you see it, take a picture, tag me on Twitter. Um, and then, yeah, follow me on the bird. 
at Ashvin Melwani. Just dropped a, a nice thread about influencer marketing. So check it out. Heat, the kids putting heat out. Shane, my brother, thank you so much. If you're ever in Austin, give me a shout. I think we're coming back out to New York soon-ish. So I'll hit you up if we do come back out. Brooklyn, one of my favorite spots. Ash, Love always it. a pleasure. You're my man. Looking great in that triple swag, by the way. Shane, we'll get your swag bag of course. sent out to you. If you do want to get more involved with the uh, bird or triple well, geez, getting long in the day. Sorry. Uh, triple well, it is at triple well on the bird app. And then we have a fantastic newsletter that goes out every Tuesday, Thursday called whale mail. Definitely sign up there. That's right on our Twitter profiles. And then if you do want to go sign up, just go to triplewell.com. Start printing money with the whale app. Guys, thanks so much. Go get air. Go start and get your creatives and your SOPs in place. Uh, Ash, thank you for all the knowledge, my friend. We will see everybody on the flip. That's it. Another DTC in the books. Bye, everybody.